0: Welcome to Fireside Knicks. My name is Alex, with my co-host here Brett Hanfling. Today we have an interesting bunch of segments on the line for you guys, talking about Kemba Walker, kind of his relationship with this team right now. Brett's a little higher on Kemba than I am, um, and we'll give you some reasons why. You know, defensively, offensively, obviously he's kind of a polarizing player at this point. I'm not even sure he would have been playing if Tim, if Tom Thibodeau wasn't kind of forced into this position. Oh, we he also went. want to talk. <laughs> oh no, he wouldn't exactly. And we want to talk about the uprise of Miles McBride, what he brings to this team that's really unique, and why. I think you know he could be a long-term solution here. I think, but also is in the same mindset as I am with that. Um, but I'm excited to talk about this team going forward and really, you know, I guess what we're expecting at the point guard position. But how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. A uh, little victory
1: Wednesday. Is it Wednesday or is it Tuesday? It's Wednesday. Um, you know, the Knicks coming off a 105-91 win versus a crappy Pistons team. I'm going to say it. the Pistons are bad. bad. Like. You know, there's some even like a lot of the poorer teams in the NBA, I, I'm I'm excited by like their young talent, like even the magic, like I was like, I kind of like what they have going with some of these guys. Um, but the Pistons, they're bad. Like Cade Cunningham's gonna be good, but I don't think he's a typical number one overall pick. Um, so we the Knicks had to win because the Pistons are bad. Um like you said, Campbell Walker got his second straight start. It definitely would not have happened if the Knicks weren't decimated by COVID. Um, you know, COVID is running crazy throughout all the sports leads, you know, the NFL, there's been games postponed and, you know, honestly, like getting the tweets from Woj and, you know, shams like throughout the day about another player's entered protocol is really jarring, but you know, you just see it with the Knicks, but you know, the, the, they put a team together, Kemba Walker started, he had a good game, um, what he scored 21 points, I believe, uh, 21 points. 8-21 for shooting, not amazing. But um, I'm happy he got this opportunity. One, because I just sort of felt a little bad for him. Um, he had this, you know, in the offseason, we, we had, he had this great return to New York. You know, the pressers were going wild. The You know, Nick's Twitter was hyped. And then he was benched. And he was benched hard. He was put behind rookies. He was put behind the whole team. Um, so on one level, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, cause I'm a sucker on another
0: level. I think he still can contribute a bit. Yeah. Look, my, at this point with Kemba Walker, I, I get why they had to bench him, right? The Knicks were the worst defensive team per hundred possessions with Kemba Walker on the floor. And then when without him, they were a top five defensive team. I mean, was clearly it, that, it was didn't it that high. It him? was that bad. It was that bad. Like it was v- a huge differential. Um, but I'll say this. They still lost eight of their last 10 games when he was on the bench. So it didn't really matter, right? It didn't matter that he wasn't on the floor. They were still losing. A loss is a loss no matter how many points you score or, a whole, or, or the other team doesn't score. But it's not just his fault, right? I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Kemba Walker is the reason this team was struggling because Julius Randle has seen a 6 7% decrease in three-point efficiency. That is a huge difference. He has taken yeah. a big step uh, backward in multiple categories. His defensive rating is far worse last year. He's a negative net rating overall. Um, you know, compared to last year, we had a positive one. His defense has been spotty, but the, here's the thing though, with, with Julius Randle, is that his defense hasn't been spotty because he's not a good defender. His defense hasn't been, hasn't been great because the communication and positioning with for his other teammates has been awful, right? Evan Fournier, looks like he's lost out there half the time. When Kemba Walker was out there, he also was basically useless as a defender. So Julius Randle. He gets frustrated. He commits bad fouls. He tries to cover up for other guys. People are scoring near him because um, he's trying to compensate for guys blowing by Kemba, blowing by Evan Fournier. So it makes him look even worse. When you had guys like Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock on the team, not saying that they're good, but they were nah. a lot better defenders. <laughs> they were better yeah. defenders. That's true. Um, it covered up a lot of Julius Randle because they weren't able to just blow by Alfred Payton, blow by Reggie Bullock. It wasn't that easy. So Julius Randle had a little yeah. bit more effectiveness. I think that's part of it, but I, I – I th- don't think it's wrong to say he's not
1: putting in the same effort defensively. Um, you know? Oh no, you know, that's true. Like, that's true. Like like people are clipping plays where he's just sort of floating backwards and he's sort of just getting lost and he, and he goes over to one guy. And I don't know if it's, you know, I, I'm a less pessimistic than most people about like you get a contract and you chill. I don't know if it's that, or if it's just like, you know, they had a long season last year and then lost first round of the playoffs that he sort of like, you know, December in the season that he's not giving it his all. Um but yeah, Julius Randle is, is, is it's easy to say he's the biggest reason for the Knicks disappointment so far. First of all, he's shooting 42% on 16 and a half shots a game. You can't have your top you know, your top volume shooter shoot 42%. And it's a combination of he hit a lot of shots last year that it should have came down a little bit and he's missing more shots than than he should. Um so, you know, between the defense and the shot making, I'm going to say Randall's the biggest reason for this uh, early season slide.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that Randall's definitely contributing. The lack of energy, you know, you pointed out, is something that I've noticed, right? You ever notice when the Knicks are re- the Knicks rebounding, they shoot threes and everybody fades back. Yeah. Nobody stays in the paint. Nobody crashes the boards. The, you know the only player that does that? Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin yeah. is the only player that crashes the boards. And he's the only one that I sit there and say, that guy makes a difference. He makes a difference. Emmanuel quickly crashes the boards too. Miles McBride crashes the boards. Those guys, the young guys with energy are crashing the boards. But it seems like, for the most part, the veterans that should be leading this team with energy and leading this team, um, like that, you see Taj Gibson, guy's like 500 years old. He's out there, most <laughs> energetic guy in the court whenever he's there. Like that's what I'm, that, this is what I'm trying to say is like, the guys who should be leading, the guys who should be exerting the most energy and leading by example for the youngsters are fading away from three point shots. When the ball bounces out 10 feet from the rim, they're already halfway down the court. And I'm like, guys, this is if you have four guys crashing the boards, your chances of offensive rebounding are so much better. Those second opportunities demoralize teams right? Basketball is a game of ebbs and flows. It's momentum. It's not momentum. It's confidence. It's not confidence. You have to find ways to give yourself confidence in those offensive rebounders, those second opportunities. That's the difference between winning and losing. The Knicks have lost a lot of games this year by two to seven points, two extra offensive rebounds and three points kicks out to the corner. Those are, those are winning. Those are winning plays. You'd have to add those up. So ultimately, I just think the lack of effort is something you hit. You, you mentioned before. I think that's a big, big portion of this team's demise. Um, and the the lack of just, just doing the bare minimum. Like, what's the – Mitchell Robinson, by the way, the game he had last night against Detroit, I mean, Detroit's a small team. He kicked the crap out of them. He had 14 rebounds, 17 points. He looked great. But Isaiah the one Stewart's thing that not I
1: noticed
0: – Right, Isaiah Stewart's not small, but I will say this. The one thing that I noticed about Mitchell Robinson was his stamina looked great yesterday. Even Tom, even he said after the game, I felt good, my stamina was good. I think that we're finally seeing Mitch get to that level where he can go a full 25-30 minutes at full speed without getting gassed. And we're going to see him produce a lot more because of it. Um, hopefully he's one of those guys that has to be high energy levels to produce on defense Um, and you know, he just has been really, really having a tough time with that, with the added mass. It's hurt him in that way, uh, Brett. But when you're looking at this team, how important do you think energy and just overall effort is to them winning in the future?
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's paramount. It was, you know, sort of their, you know, where they laid their hat last year, they were usually one of the best, you know, efforted teams last year with hustle. Their defense was always there. Um, and that's where they always fell back on. Um, but just to you know, you asked about energy and hustle, and you asked me about Deuce McBride earlier, and I sort of went off about Kemba. Deuce McBride started his first game. Um, what was that? A couple of games ago, uh, versus Houston, I think. Yeah, versus Houston
0: or Golden um, State too. He had a good game.
1: Yeah, but he started versus Houston, and he was awesome. He had yes, 15 he points, did. nine assists, three or four steals. Zero turnovers, and he played great defense. Um, Deuce is like a little honey badger. That's what he reminds me of. He gets after it. He puts picks up half court farther than most NBA point guards do these days. Um, so, you know, Deuce was awesome. You know, coming from the 36 pick, it seems like an awesome pick so far. Um, he, I think he's a big part of that energy. And, you know, it just goes into, if you want to talk about rotations, it's going to be tough because Deuce was awesome. Grimes scored 27 points before he got COVID. Um, You know, I already talked about Kemba. You know, you have R.J. Barrett coming back, who obviously should be getting big minutes. Obi Toppin coming back. Um, So I'm just wondering what you think about, like, how is Tibbs going to play these rotations? Um,
0: You know, it's a good problem to have, but what do you think he's going to do? Look, at this point in the season, you know, the Knicks are below 500, right? They need more 3-and-D players. They're actually missing those those Reggie Bullock type of guys because Evan Fournier tries to do too much a lot of the times. He tries to heave up shots when it's unnecessary. He tries to make things happen when you just kick it out, just move the ball, keep it going, and apologies for the ambulance. They're probably going to pick up another Knicks player that just got COVID. (laughs) But basically, (laughs) what's happening here? is that the Knicks are lacking defenders, but also guys who are just going to efficiently move the ball, right? The flow of the game seems very, very spotty and very inconsistent when you have guys like Evan Fournier who just run up out of nowhere and he just pulls up threes. If it doesn't go in, if you ever notice, Evan Fournier's shots, if they don't go in, they're either hitting the backboard, airballing, or, or hitting off the front of the rim. There's never a close miss for him. It's either he badly misses or he hits it. So it's like a really interesting scenario where like, I don't really see him um, get like like those consistently great opportunities. I wish he would just spot up, like just post up in a corner sometimes and wait for the ball to get to him. That's what I liked about Quentin Grimes in that big contest he had at twenty seven point game. He just got into good spots and he made plays out of it. He just got into yeah. good positions. People forgot he was there. Julius Randle crashed the boards, kicked it out, and bam, he was wide open. Miles um, McBride, though, I love this kid. He's the type of player, by the way, I would go get a jersey with because I think he's going to be a long term player with this team. I get the sense that Miles McBride is a guy that I'm going to be wearing a jersey with from in the next couple of uh, months at least. Um, and his his style of play is something I really like. And he also fits Tom Thibodeau's style to perfection. He had four steals in that last game against Houston. Yeah. Like you said, nine Just assists after That it. facilitation yeah. factor played a big part for me because he was doing a lot with Mitchell Robinson, you know, giving up the lobs. But he also has the vision, right? The way I see this unfolding um, is 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 as follows. Once Miles McBride returns and Quentin Grimes and Madden quickly when they have the whole team back. Quigley, I think yeah. that Alec Burks moves back to the bench. I think that he's not a, he's not a point guard. No, he's, he's not. not a point guard. <laughs> he's don't. a facil- he he is a sh- a scoring guard. He is a shooting yeah. guard. He does not facilitate. It's kind of he funny. Does not pass. It's kind of funny to think that they put him in the starting lineup and everyone was like cool. I mean, yeah. yeah, he scores there a lot. He scores a lot, but doesn't he doesn't pass. <laughs> he's not a point guard at all. <laughs> he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't have the vision. He doesn't think that way, right? He's not a floor manager. He's a guy you get. You give him the ball to score. He's a natural born scorer. He's not a natural born passer. Miles McBride, though, he has the attributes of a true point guard, right? He has the facilitation. He can pass. He has the vision, um, but he also is capable of playing really great defense with the steals. He has the. He had the longest wingspan and biggest hands of any point guard in this past draft class. So they got a player who is a, who has um if you ever played Call of Duty before, he has sleight of hand, right? He has the ability to get yeah. his hand in there to make to disrupt passing lanes with that huge wingspan, very underrated aspect of his game. I think that he his style and his uh his actual like uh, attributes his character is exactly what Tom Thibodeau is looking for in a starting point guard because he will and you, wa- you ever watch him play he exerts maximum effort. He gets up off the forward. He sprints full speed down the court every time. He, it doesn't look like he ever runs out of gas, which is right. something that really impressed me watching him. His offensive game looked good. He can knock down three-point shots. He can drive through the rim. He's physical. He can dunk. He's athletic, but he's also a great defender. So that's where Tom Thibodeau, I think, is going to fall in love with him, and I would I actually would love to see him get more opportunities uh, starting with RJ Barrett, with Julius Randle. I know Derek Rose is still there. And Kemba, I think, is going to get relegated back to the bench at some point. Alex, but I'd I, love to see McBride get it.
1: I love I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm. I think not McBride happen. starting <laughs> is very unlikely. First of all, he should get minutes. He should. But he, he's a second-round pick with a team that has R.J. Barrett, who's going to start. Um, Kemba Walker, who's probably not going to start. But if he's going to play, he might start. Emmanuel Quickly, who I'm very high on and is a good player. And... Um, and Derek Rose, who's awesome, but probably is better off the bench. I'm just saying. I I, I like Deuce also. Everything you said is, is spot on. It's unlikely he'll start, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: You're probably right. <laughs> you know, I, I <laughs> doubt he's gonna start because he's young, but I will say I'd lo- at least get him like 15 plus minutes yeah. a game. Like that's yeah. that's the way I would look at it. Like the problem is they have so many players to really feed, like so many mouths to feed. Like, you gotta get quickly time. Yeah. You gotta get Quentin Grimes time, you gotta make McBride time, you gotta get. Alec Burke's time. Like, who do you start? Derek Rose. That's the thing. I agree. No, but the thing is, and I I don't mean to say lucky, but
1: for Tibbs to figure out all this, he might be lucky just for a little bit that because COVID is so crazy right now, even though all these guys are coming back, people could go back into the protocol. We could have other guys who played minutes going, you know, sit out for COVID. So just for a little bit, it, it might sort of work itself out. Now, towards the end of the season where I think, and I hope, Covid is less a part of our lives and less a part of the NBA. If everyone's healthy, that could be a shit show, and um, he'll have tough decisions to make. But just for the next couple of weeks, month or two, maybe, maybe it's sort of just by who who's around and who's who's healthy.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, after all these guys got the Omicron variant, most likely, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to be pretty immune to Covid after. So we might see we might see those guys kind of stick around. I don't. Maybe if they get another case a couple months from now, but I think. After half the team just got COVID, they're probably going to be pretty healthy. It's a good time to get it, actually. If you're going to get it earlier in the season, have a have a weaker portion of the schedule coming up. Ever since they've gotten it, they've won two of their last three games. Um, So I think you know they have a they had a weaker portion. They the Houston Rockets, Detroit Pistons, they beat the crap out of both of them. So I think they really kind of got COVID at the perfect time for them. As as the schedule weekend, they're going to come back. Hopefully, I know Obi Toppin's eligible to come back. He might be experiencing some symptoms still. I miss. I know. OB me top, too. I miss his his energy. I want to watch him play. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know. He he really has been a great presence this year. I mean, his three point shooting is awful. It's nineteen percent, I believe. Um, but his yeah. energy is great. I love his transition scoring. But I'll tell you what, RJ Barrett also cleared today to play on Wednesday, so he can play on Thursday tomorrow against. Um, were they playing? Were they playing again? Washington. They're playing Washington. Uh, are we? Yeah. yeah, they're playing Washington, Washington and, and then the Hawks. Yeah. But the Hawks are down like Trey Young and a ton of players right now. So yeah, that's going to be another thing. Like, this is yeah. the perfect time for the Knicks to win a couple games. They lost a couple because of the COVID situation. Hopefully they'll get a couple back. Um, Obviously, I hope all those players are healthy and doing well, first and foremost. That's the most important thing. Um, But I have to say, it really did happen at a really inopportune time for the players specifically because they were all, every single time, yeah. Toppin, career game, Quentin Gimes career game, Miles McGrath career game, bam done quickly, Apple.
1: even quickly, quickly in a career game, showering, and really, showering with the really mask really on, crazy. Set. That's <laughs> a little crazy, but really crazy coincidence. Do, do you believe him? I don't
0: know. No, no, no. I doubt <laughs> yeah, it. He, I think he was just being dramatic, but yeah. I think that the, the the sentiment was there that he was being uh, extra careful. Yeah. Um, but when it's when this 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 variant all of my friends have COVID right now. They didn't do anything. They saw like one or two people it's getting everybody. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, I'm not surprised that you're playing with a whole bunch of teams, a whole bunch of people on the court. You're sweating all over each other. Someone's (laughs) going to get it. You know what I mean? So like, that's, that's ultimately the reality of, of football and basketball and you know, all the, all these uh, sports leagues getting hammered with it right with it right now.
1: Yeah. Um, so we'll be back probably next week. Um, you know, a couple of big games. The Knicks have to, they have to start moving up the schedule. Um, You know, it's, we're not 15 games into the season anymore. Uh, We're, you know, we're getting getting close to the halfway point. Um, So hopefully we get a couple of wins. Alex, quick question for you. Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm?
0: Jake Fromm. Mike Lennon can <laughs> eat rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to set you off for a second. <laughs> Don't even get me started. I have so much to say about this. Jake Fromm, I can't watch Mike Lennon play another game for this, for the Giants. It's... It just hurts. It hurts my soul. Like, I'm so uninterested. At least Jake from something new, it right? Good at the end of the last game. Um, but I, I don't want to go too much into that. I, I it makes me <laughs> I really angry. The Giants. the Giants make me really angry, guys. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Talking about Miles McBride, Kemba Walker would love to hear your opinions in the YouTube comments if you're listening. Um, you know, Obviously, we'll have some content out next week following uh, the Washington and Hawks game after the Christmas game, and hopefully the the Knicks can get a few more wins under their belt. We need to get back to 500, guys. We need to pick up some momentum. The trade deadline coming up, that'll be an exciting couple of weeks. Um, Obviously, there's been reports that teams are not interested in Kemba Walker for obvious reasons. Maybe we utilize uh, Mitchell Robinson as a trade piece. Maybe we give up draft capital. I think with Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride looking like pretty solid players at this point, I'd like to imagine that maybe they uh, they can afford to give away some draft capital if they're going to go out and sign a guy or trade for a guy like, Mitch, uh, like Miles Turner. Um, but I'm excited to see what the Knicks do in the future here. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Have a good one, my friend.